Hey, it's Debbie here. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. But you can also hear the Dave and Dujanovic show live on KSL News Radio Monday through Friday, starting at nine, or at kslnewsradio.com. Keyword podcast. So text that keyword to five seven five zero zero, and you'll be entered to win a pair of AirPod Pros. And be sure to listen for a new keyword next week and every week this February for even more chances to win. Dave, Dave and Dejanovic. Hey, just a reminder, uh, it's secret contest time. This could be a great gift if you if you win those AirPod Pros. Um, it's a secret pod, podcast contest for our exclusively for our podcast listeners. So Dave's going to tell you what you need to do. It's so easy. Go to kslpodcast.com. Go to the Dave and Dujanovic podcast. And then uh, in between our segments, you'll hear me and Debbie talking. I'll give you a keyword. You take that keyword, you send it to 57500, and you're entered in to win a pair of AirPod Pros, the good ones. Right on the money. Special coverage with Dave and Dujanovic. Well, it's Valentine's week. So we thought we'd talk about something uh, related to financial infidelity in our relationships. <laughs> because it's important to try to patch it together if you can. Now, I'm not saying it's possible. If somebody has 100 credit cards and they've stolen your identity to open up those credit cards. Probably not something you want to repair. I mean, you probably want to sever ties. But if you are in a relationship with somebody who's keeping maybe one or two or a few financial secrets from you, is there a way to salvage that, Dave? It, it's a great question because really we're talking about trust. And I think oh, that's a good point. More than anything, trust can be violated in a million different ways. It can be violated financially, uh, through relationships, extramarital affairs. Uh, there's so many ways you can violate trust. Financially is especially painful because it it hits you right in the pocketbook, right? I mean, and this and this kind of thing can carry on for years and years and years. You could be paying the consequences. If you have a spouse that racks up tens of thousands of dollars of debt, then you could be paying that off for years. So it's a constant reminder that you betrayed my trust. Well, it would hit me in the heart. <laughs> then it would hit me in the pocketbook. It would hit me in the heart. I would be heartbroken if I found out somebody was off. It was, you know, opening up credit cards. But, but there's different kinds of, of financial infidelity besides just running around uh, and opening up credit cards and spending on them. Um, 30% of these secrets include spending more than your spouse or partner would want, be okay with. Um, 23%. Check. Yeah. <laughs> 23% is like, say, you know, holding any amount of secret debt would, you know, is, is, is hurtful. How about a secret savings account? Does that count? Well, that's part of the survey here. Okay. So 20% say having a secret savings account. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I'd be like, oh, that's awesome in some regards. But in others, would be like, why were you keeping that for yeah. me? Do you not trust me? Right. What were you going to go do with that money? Were you going to spend it on something special for us and the family? Or were you going to, you know, run away with your significant other that I didn't know you had? 
oh yeah, oh that went dark. <laughs> but that's kind of where <laughs> the mind goes, it right? It escalates quickly. And, <laughs> okay. and it, it, you know, when it comes to love, things escalate quickly. Ted Rossman, bank rate senior industry analyst. Um, so help us save these uh, relationships. Can you? Yes, I do think that people are generally very forgiving about these sort of things. But I think the longer the secret goes on, the more it takes on a life of its own. I really would urge people to communicate honestly and openly about money. It's not always the easiest thing to do, but you know, one recommendation would be to set up a money date with your spouse once a month. And you talk about upcoming bills, but you also talk about goals, buying a house, getting out of debt, saving for retirement, things like that. I feel like when you're aligned on the goals, then you're pulling in the same direction. And it's not so much of, oh, we have a budget so that we can say no to all this kind of spending. Uh, Money date sounds amazing. It usually turns into fight night. (laughs) That's it's difficult to have the conversation because we may not be coming at it from, you know, the same spot. That's a valid point. Yeah, I think another approach that I think factors into your question is the yours, mine, and ours idea. So this may be a way to head off some of the fights. You combine a lot of your money because you have a lot of joint financial expenses, but you each carve out some money that's yours and yours alone. The key is you have to agree on the parameters. Mm. So let's say you and your spouse agree that you each have 100 bucks a paycheck that's yours and yours alone. When you do it that way, then you have more independence over spending on certain hobbies and nights out with friends and things like that. So your spouse can't second guess like, wait, you bought what and how much did you spend? As long as you've agreed what goes into that account, I think then you can spend it. No questions asked. That might be a way to be independent within the relationship. We're talking about financial infidelity in relationships with Ted Rossman. He's a bank rate senior industry analyst giving us Pro tips um, on how to, you know, mend fences when you find out your significant other has been financially cheating on you. I mean, what is the most, like, egregious point in your view where you feel like, Ted, this is just not something that can be repaired? Sometimes you do hear sad stories, you know, sometimes relating to addiction or things like that. Sometimes people have run up substantial amounts of secret debt I really do think that the best approach is to just be honest and communicative, even if there's something in your past that you're not really proud of, like you spent too much or you took on too much debt or whatever it is. I do think people are mostly forgiving and you want to work together on it. What's harmful, though, is when the secret festers for a long time and then the other person's wondering, well, what else am I missing? Because they may find out at some point, maybe you're applying for joint credit and it shows up on a credit report or a statement arrives in the mail. I don't think you can hide from it forever. I I do think it's better to be forthcoming the sooner the better. Ted, thanks for joining us. Ted Rossman, Bankrate Senior Industry Analyst. So like when an IRS lien shows up in the mail, that could be a hint that maybe taxes weren't getting paid Uh, or the bank forecloses on your home could be a hint that your significant other you thought was paying off, you know, or or making your mortgage payments hasn't actually been making those mortgage payments and instead is pocketing the money. You found some very good tips uh, of how to deal with this, but I wanted to add this little nugget here before uh, you, you give us some of the solutions. But more than one in three say that financial infidelity is at least as bad as physical infidelity. Mm. That, 
I guess I, I don't see that. <laughs> I think the physical infidelity is far worse. But the, the fact that a third of people think it's just as bad fiscal infidelity as physical infidelity. But they both uh, trail back to trust. Yes. So the root of both, or the issue with both, is we, we can't, how do we trust you? you know, yeah. How do we trust you from here on out? Ted gave us some great tips on how to start repairing that. Um, a lot of people say they just don't talk about finances because they're embarrassed. you got to get over that. Like There's things in life you can be embarrassed about, but you've got to get over the embarrassment of just financial situation and just sit down and have a heart to heart conversation about it with the person you love the most. Um, they, they don't trust their partner with money is another reason. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to talk about money because they don't trust the other person. Well then if you don't trust your partner with money, that you're in the wrong relationship. You're just in and the so, wrong relationship. And you could, but you can earn this. I think you can earn trust. Uh, one, one of the suggestions I saw was, uh, Come to a consensus on money goals and to get a mediator if needed. You know, let's mm. let's figure out what are we saving for? What are we moving toward? And then if you need a third-party person, and whether that's a, a marriage counselor or a financial counselor, they can walk you through and kind of explain and be that mediator. I hadn't thought about that, but that might be a perfect time to reach out for some third-party help. Next, it was the day before the big game, and Senator Mike Lee wasn't preparing Super Bowl snacks in the kitchen. No, it was a four-hour-long speech against funding in the Ukraine war. I think all of us would like to see Ukraine just win. We can't wish it into existence. We can't just dump enough money into it to make it happen. 